Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, joined by Justin Wells. It's Thursday. It means it's 10 questions, but it's a certain Thursday, so I think you know who we're going to be talking about today. We'll dive into the ins and outs of the Colin Simmons recruitment, but hey, there's also some football going on on the 40 Acres. More practices, more notes to go over, more everything. Uh, we'll be able to uh, talk about that, talk about some of your travels, and of course, we'll finish off with a little bit more Simmons discussion. So, Justin, it's uh, we've been looking forward to this day ever since we found out that this was this day. Uh, you ready to see how everything unfolds uh, this afternoon? I think so. I think I'm ready. I think we're ready. Um, you know, people need to understand we, we've said this from the start. Colin Simmons, this was going to be the, his recruitment. It's mm-hmm. it was going to be a roller coaster ride. This this is what happens when you're dealing with the nation's top edge prospect. And so I think I'm ready. I think we're ready. We got on three on site. We got a lot of stuff going on today. I feel good. I feel good today, Joe. What about you? I'm feeling great. Got a lot, a uh, lot to handle, a lot to go on, but uh, that's what makes these types of recruitments fun. And that's kind of where I want to start off with number one. What do you think? And as someone who has known Colin for a, a pretty good while or interacted with him for a while, what's been the most fascinating part of this recruitment? Wow. That's a good question. Probably we knew he was going to be a big time prospect. I don't think we expected him to be the number one edge in the country. I don't know if that was the expectation when I met him for almost four years ago. You know, he was up and, you know, he played basketball. That was kind of his thing. He just played football because he played football. But he was a basketball player at Duncanville with those guys. And so the most fascinating to me is how that state championship last year, that really is the exclamation point on his high school career in recruitment right now because he was a hot prospect before that game. After that game, he was must-see must have and garnered every offer in the country. And so to me, there's a lot of little factors that I find fascinating, but really I, I guess I didn't ever expect him to be the number one in his position. I, granted, we, we knew he was going to be great. Colin is an animal and a tremendous athlete. We knew he'd be great. It's not so certain I was going to be the number one. And he helped coach samples get over the hump. He helped coach samples win that state championship at Duncanville with an incredible performance on the biggest stage. And so I think there's like three or four different factors that I find fascinating. And not to mention the fact that Colin is, is a really smart kid. Colin, Colin's a good kid. And, man, Texas could do really well if he picks the horns today. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I'm going to look a little bit at the end of the recruitment first, and then I'm going to look at the uh, beginning of the recruitment. Um, here we are kind of last day at the end and and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen, who may uh, be the the pick and, you know, depending on where you look, whether it's inside Texas, whether it be on three national host of other sites, even at, at certain points, um, they all try to think that they have it figured out. And Colin's been able to keep everything pretty close to the vest. And I think that's real fascinating, especially uh, in this day when, you know, yeah. it's our it's our job to try and figure out where he's going and try to, you know, make sure that readers on inside Texas are, are made well aware. Uh, that's one of the things that has stood out to me, uh, just that, you know, even heading into this. You know, there's still a lot of intrigue. There's a third hat on the table that we don't think is going to be the choice that we think is there, but there's a third hat on the table, and and who knows? Um, Looking at the beginning of the recruitment, uh, that's what's really fascinating to me. Uh, Colin in February picked up, or at least in 
2021, which I think would have been his sophomore year. Between his sophomore and junior year. Between his sophomore and junior year, that's when he started picking up offers. The first one was Marshall. The second one was Michigan State. The third one was SMU. And the fourth one on September 21st, 2021, was Texas. And I think that's pretty interesting. You you, you may read on uh, Inside Texas sometimes when people are getting in, in discussion in the prospect board, oh, no, Texas was late to this one or, or things like that. This is a case where Texas and specifically Steve Sarkeesian, specifically Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, those two coaches and the entire Texas staff, they were early on Colin Simmons. They were one of the first – uh, to get there, the first in or the second in-state school behind SMU, who, to their credit, also was a factor in this recruitment, uh, getting an official visit in June. Uh, but that that really stands out to me that Texas has been involved in this recruitment from the jump, um, and I think that's gonna uh, it has helped them get into this position now. So, looking at it from maybe both a Texas and an LSU perspective, what specific need does Colin Simmons address for each school? And let's go ahead and start with LSU because I think that uh, answer will be a little bit shorter. It will uh, get in line. That, that that that's his need there. Baton Rouge, listen, LSU's got edge guys. They've got guys that are going to come down and, and get the quarterback, pop him. Um, Colin can join that mix. I think Colin would play early at any program in the country. I don't know how much early. At LSU, I feel like the depth chart would be a little bit deeper, whereas with Texas, you can handle that one. Yeah, I, he'd be that the, – the position we're talking about with him when it comes to Texas is and, – and probably even LSU as well, uh, weak side, uh, defensive end. Uh, Matt House at LSU uses a, a intriguing scheme. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski probably has a very similar role or – Matt House has a similar role to Pete Kwiatkowski schemes, but he'd be the guy that you put to, you know, make sure that that boundary side of the field is covered. As much as this may shock some people, even in the NFL, this is happening. Guys at that position drop back every now and then. Now they may not, not do it more than five, if that times. You have to show that. That's probably as often as they do it. Yeah. Uh, but you, you're right. You do have to show it. It's part of hybridizing <laughs> that position. Um, it's part of the reason why often Texas goes so big at defensive tackle is to make up for some of the lack of size or hybridization, I guess, to say at other spots. So uh, specific needs, obviously, it's a guy who can get after the passer. Uh, he may be the I don't know if, if I haven't been watching these prospects as long as you have, but he may be the best pass rushing prospect out of Texas in quite some time, uh, at least probably Vaughn Miller. Which that leads That's me bold. to to my next question on three on their uh, recruiting profiles. They have comparisons. Um, every every recruiting site has this on three. I think people have are experts at the the national team have chosen it, and they say Vaughn Miller is a comparison. Do you see something similar, Colin Simmons and Vaughn, a, a fellow South Dallas product? I do, I do. Vaughn's more of a nerd. You know, Vaughn wore the glasses. You know, took all the AP classes. Um, wasn't as athletic as Colin. He was bigger. He was thicker. More of your traditional, like, strong side defensive end type. Um, and then just – it was almost when he got to college, he just went on another level. Like, he was a great prospect. And, and I think he, in that cla- in his class, that's one of the only players Texas offered that didn't get uh, – that, that went to A&M. I think that was one of the only ones. And so – People kind of knew he was going to be good. I don't think anybody had any clue how good he was going to be in college and in the NFL. I mean, the guy had an incredible career. Colin's very similar, a smart kid, 
can bend the edge, very athletic. I, I think Colin needs an, a, a, a season of strength and conditioning because Vaughn, Vaughn seemed like he's a little more thick, a little more solid, whereas Colin is about – he says they say 225, and he looks about 220, maybe 225. He's going to have to get a little bit bigger. But the Vaughn Miller comp, is, it, it, it works not just because they're South Dallas guys. It works because these are two kids of similar size, similar abilities. Colin's a little more out there. Vaughn's a little more measured. But, um, you know, if he gets compared to Vaughn Miller, if you ask Colin that, he would consider that an honor. And I think that's cool that these guys pay attention to that stuff, especially the DFW kids. Now, every uh, every recruitment always has you know major important factors. What do you think for Colin is is kind of at the top of that list of, of factors that matter the most to him uh, as far as you know making making his choice and seeing you know why these schools have made it this far. Number one is his mom. That's where it starts and ends. He is a mama's boy. We're mama's boys. That's the way it works. I am, and mama's got to be happy. That's number one. Number two is early impact. Colin loves the idea of being a guy that you need to be that final piece. Colin loved, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Sark and these guys over the last couple of years have had incredible recruiting classes outside of one position. Edge, there's no, there hasn't been any elite guys jump in yet. Colin knows that. That matters to Colin. It, it, they, that's how they've, they, they've managed this recruitment. Look, you come in and be that final piece. Texas was one of the best uh, defenses in the country last year at getting pressure on the quarterback. They just got to take that extra step now to actually get to him. Colin Simmons solves that. So I think that's number two. And number three is NIL. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think that's a factor. Anytime you're a five-star, anytime you're the elite of the elite, NIL is going to be a factor. It's just the way it is. It's nothing against the kid, the family, or the schools. That's the way of the world. It's the way of college football right now. To me, that's the three most important. You, it, mom was number one and will always be number one. You know, th that to me, I, I think she's so comfortable with, with Austin and with the Texas coaches. I like that trend there. Also, he wants to play early. He wants to be that final piece in NIL. Though, to me, those are the top three factors. Makes sense. Love all those answers. I got nothing to disagree with on there. Um, now I got a trivia question for you, though. If Texas gets Simmons, and, and this is using the on three industry ranking, uh, so that uh, on three started putting their own rankings together in 2021, um, but the on three industry ranking still uses the other three services to to create some you know look back rankings uh, over the course of the past 20 years or so. If if Texas were to get Simmons, do you know who he would be the highest rated de de defensive recruit? since for the Longhorns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Damn. Um, man, I want to say Anthony Hill from last year, but I don't think he was maybe Jackson Jeffcoat. 2011, Close. 2012. It would be the year after Jackson Jeffcoat. be Malcolm Brown. Malcolm. Oh. So Malcolm Brown. Tr- yes. Malcolm Brown was, uh, I think, the on three industry ranking has him as number 11. Um, the year before, it'd be Jeff Coat and Hicks. I think both, yeah. uh, Jordan Hicks, both were. Uh, Hicks was a steal from Hicks. Ohio. And uh, that with that, I kind of gave away my my next, what my next question was, what is it for specific to the edge? So obviously, uh, Jackson Jeff Coat, that's a guy who is a, an All-American, has made a great career up in Canada. Yeah. Um, I think Texas has celebrated him, celebrated the gray cup, but that also just kind of goes to show it's been a while since, and in Texas has signed some highly rated guys. And even if you look at other services, um, Malik Jefferson was a five-star prospect. And I think he's still one in the on three industry ranking, but that's still one that, uh, you know, different, different ranking, uh, at this juncture, um, Kobe or, uh, Chris Boyd and Holton Hill were highly ranked, but I don't think they were that highly ranked. The 2018 uh, guys is what you want to think about. Caden right. Stearns was right up there. DeMarvion Overshone was high up there. I think B.J. Foster was – Brandon Jones was the number two, I think, safety in the country in, 20, in 2016 as well. So they have they, – they've had their fair share of guys. But they just haven't gotten – they haven't been able to put themselves in the position to be able to maybe get guys who have been this highly ranked. And right, right. At a certain point, you know, what's – there's – sometimes the difference is this much, sometimes it's this much, but – uh, still, I mean, Texas has gotten the offensive top two, three guys, uh, Arch Manning, uh, ring a bell, uh, but the, the, they have not been able to lock up defensive guys this highly rated. And that's what they're really trying to do. Where uh, I feel like Anthony was in like the top 20 last year. He was, but I mean, that's Malcolm I know, Brown we're talking about, the, we're talking about that gap you're talking about. They're like, yeah. it's like, it's not very much, but it really kind of is. Right. And I thought I feel a lot about this recruitment like I did about Anthony Hills. Like you said earlier, this is an all staff recruitment. It's not just Sark and, and PK focused. Everyone is in on this. And it reminds me of when the entire staff showed up at Anthony Hills house for his uh, in-home official or his in-home visit. And, and he surprised the staff, obviously, with the commitment. But, yeah, this is Johnny all staff fully, fully, fully. And that's I think that's what reminds me of Anthony Hill. So uh, we'll switch off of uh, Anthony or we'll switch off of uh, Colin Simmons just Colin. for a second. We've uh, you know, we're in the middle of fall camp, Justin, what's been the biggest storyline for you coming out of fall camp? Ooh, that's another good question, Joe. Um, I, I think the, the offensive line looks fantastic. I think these guys have trimmed up. They've slimmed down. They, because we, you know, we love, we know flood loves the large human proviso, but you still have to be in shape. Cameron Williams, looks fantastic Malik Ogbo PK Kirkland um I mean there's some guys out there oh man Andre Kojo looks like a different dude like to me that's a big takeaway I think we knew the offensive line was going to be a strength coming into this year you return virtually everybody but I didn't know exactly how they were going to make it mesh and they're still going to figure that out but to me it's just how good the O-line looks they want eight guys that they can rely on and I think they're going to have more than that now, they're going to stick with eight because I believe you can only take three on the road, or they generally take three on the road. But they, they want that eight, and I think they're going to have that and then some. And it's going to allow all those freshman offensive linemen that came into redshirt and to, to go in the oven and cook for a little while. Um, I, another one is how much Quinn Ewers 
has has kind of taken on that leadership role. We, we've seen it more vocally. We've seen him doing more animated. We've seen him earn that respect. Jordan Whittington told you at the Big 12 Media Days about a story about, hey, if he's wrong, you don't tell him he's wrong right now. You, you do that in a different manner. He's the leader of this team. Quinn Ewers has done that. A.D. Mitchell can't be guarded. Ryan Watts, Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes, Manny Muhammad, they're all trying, and nobody is guarding A.D. Mitchell. And I think we should have expected that, but I wasn't so sure. We saw some of it in the spring. I wasn't so sure. There's a lot of things. I know it's only been a, a week and a half into it, but there's a lot of little factors that I find fascinating so far. What about you? So for me, it's about some of the defensive battles that we're starting to get a little bit of clarity on. Um, you know, a couple of days ago, Texas brought David Benda out uh, to be available to the media. And, you know, uh, uh, they don't have to do this, but that uh, that seems to – be a little bit of an indicator that that's a guy who is uh, working his way into being the first linebacker on the field alongside Jalen Ford. That was one of the big battles we were watching along with, you know, he's battling with Maurice Blackwell a little bit with some of the other class of 2023 guys, including Anthony Hill. Uh, the other defensive spot seems to be Buck and it seems to be as well. Ethan Burke, a guy who uh, had a good spring, uh, was battling with Justice Finkley and a couple others at that spot, but he has started to show he's able to hold up against the run a little bit, uh, be someone who can be relied on at that spot. Those all, most of those names mentioned are going to play. You know, not everybody's out there seventy snaps. Um, the other big storyline that that I've enjoyed is uh, talking about some of the newcomers and one's old Jalen Catalan. Everybody just keeps mentioning how good of a football player he's been. Um, Sarkeesian and, and the staffer. Uh, not handling him with kids' gloves or making sure he's yeah. available for the season. Um, and then Jonte Cook and Anthony Hill. Everybody's been talking about him when they get asked about, you know, who's surprised, who's a young kid who could uh, make an impact, things like that. And I think that makes sense. Those are two of the higher-rated guys in this class. You don't hear it about Arch that much, which, you know, makes sense considering there's a couple guys in front of him uh, at the quarterback spot at least right now. Uh, but Jonte Cook, Anthony Hill, Jalen Catalan all receiving – a lot of mention. Is there a name you haven't heard either coaches or players say that you're kind of waiting to, to pop up, uh, whether it be in availabilities or maybe if it's in talking to, to program sources, are, are you waiting on a certain name at this point to, to walk up? Yeah. I was, but you know, we've heard some good stuff about Trill Carter. We've heard Vernon Broughton has, has improved. Um, Alfred Collins is is doing what I think people expected him to do the last three years, these first couple this week and a half. And so it, it, you notice that it all was revolved around the defensive line. Um, and, and, and those guys do get their credit. It, it's been one of the strengths for years. Um, I'm a little surprised we haven't heard more about Xavier Worthy. And the only reason I say that is because the last two years he cooks people. In practice, he cooks people in spring. Like we knew, wasn't it like a week or two after he arrived his freshman year? And we we're hearing in practice, okay, this kid, he's going to start. He's going to start as a freshman. And it was he was just making play after play. I know Xavier looks good. I know he's had good practices. I think it's a cool thing that we haven't heard his name as much because last year they put, in my opinion, way too much on him. They they, they put him in a position he wasn't exactly ready for. Obviously, the broken hand also hurt him as well. The fact that he's been quiet and they're talking about everybody else, to me, is actually a good sign because that means he's not going to see bracket coverage every flipping Saturday. That means he's going to be able to play inside and be able to, to, to find mismatches and, and to him and Quinn can, can, can get back on that, on that page. And so 
that you know what? The more I thought about it, that one we don't we're not hearing much about Xavier Worthy. And trust me, he's playing just well. He's doing just fine in practice. There's no there's no hesitation there. But I like the fact we're not hearing much about him. It's all the other parts around him on the offense. If that's the case, this offense probably does take another step. I like that one. Uh, obviously, you know, Quinn's leadership has been the subject and Quinn's on-field play has popped up plenty, but he's just not this constant topic of conversation that he seemed to be last year. And of course that pops up with the quarterback battle right. and, a, you know, new car smell aspect of that. I'm trying to think of the the player. I think you, you brought up Trill and yes, he has been able to uh, be someone who's earned mention. I'm thinking Gavin Holmes, you know, it's a transfer. It's someone yeah. who arrived from Wake Forest um, and, and transfers, typically transferred for playing time purposes. Um, and he's in a battle with, with guys like Terrence Brooks uh, and, you know, any of a number of guys at that field corner spot, he's in a battle and he'll play. Uh, he's going to see yes. plenty of time this year, uh, but we just haven't heard a ton about him. And I think we, you know, some of the returns have been, the smaller returns have been positive. It just hasn't been news after news after news. So we'll switch back to recruiting for the last two. Justin, you made a trip the other day to go see another five-star recruit, Kobe Black. What's the latest you heard from him? Seems like he uh, has a decision to make, but it may not be a, a one decision. It could be a couple schools decision. Yeah, um, just a little fact-finding mission over in Conley yesterday. Got to spend the, the afternoon with Kobe. Man, he's such a good kid. He really, really is. Uh, I think we talked more about Colin Simmons than we did anything on the record. Uh, and they're close. Those two guys talk pretty often. Even the, even the dad, even Kobe's dad told me, he's like, yeah, those two are up to something. They're always talking to each other. They don't tell me anything. And so, um, I, you know, the thing I learned about Kobe is he's going to drop a top five really soon. Um, and it, Texas is certainly going to be it. And Texas A&M is certainly going to be in it. To me, those are the two schools that, that, are, that are leading the pack right now. Now, granted, he still wants to go to LSU. He still wants to go to Alabama and he still wants to see or he wants to go back to Oregon. He talked up Oregon again because if I don't know if you <laughs> recruits love Oregon and for good reason. It's an amazing place. It's a it's it's an official visit where you almost don't want to come home. And so he's going to take those trips. There was there was you know, we thought that there may be a decision coming at the end of the summer. We thought, hey, Kobe might want to go ahead and, and, and nail it down, focus on his senior year because he's going to be an early enrollee and, you know, enrolling in January next year to his, his next college. But I asked him, I said, man, are you, you know, are you kind of looking at that? And he said, no. He said, I, I'm enjoying this. And he has. There's no pressure. He hasn't put himself in a position where he's having a visit constantly, where he's having to, 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 to post constant pictures of, of other schools. He's not doing any of that. He's actually taking it in stride. He had two older brothers that were recruited. And so that, they've helped him. And so what I learned is Kobe and Texas are still in a great spot. Terry Joseph's been great. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's been great. The team has been great. I think they're recruiting Kobe as hard as the coaches are. And I think this Colin to Simmons decision today could have a, a small trickle-down effect when it comes to Kobe. Not so much when he makes his decision, but Colin has been you know, letting him know he's going to need a, 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 an island guy behind him when he rushes the passer. And I think Kobe likes that idea. And matter of fact, I know for a fact he loves the idea of playing early. Sark showed him. Ryan Watts will be the guy that he replaces. He can come in and have an immediate impact. Kobe loves that. I just don't think he's close to a decision, Joe. Yeah, I'm glad you got that sense. It's been something to, to track. And, you know, with all – we'll see how momentum either way, anyway, takes it. But um, 
it's it's a it's a recruitment that's going to have a lot of different momentum shifts. I feel like, especially if he's going to go a little bit, a lot more visits. So, all right, last question I got: What's it like to just walk into today with a recruitment still with some suspense, a lot of suspense even around it? I mean, it's unique because the way we do it, we we generally know what's going to happen. I mean, that, like you said, it's part of our job. But Colin, this is Colin. It, it, Colin's going to do this. He, he wants people to be in suspense. You know, he, the, the meme, break the Internet. That's what Colin wants to do. And granted, I hate to tell you this, Colin, you're not going to break the Internet. But you are going to make one school and one fan base insanely happy today. And it's going to be all over social media for weeks. And it's going to be bragging rights. And you had mentioned something, Joe, about, you know, we, we'll finally get some finality. We'll get a decision tomorrow. I feel like even after the decision, this thing is going to keep going. I, I think, and not that Colin would, you know, you know, relent on any of his commitments. Just no one's going to stop recruiting him. They're, you can't. He's too. He's too valuable. And so, at the end of the day, I like there being a little suspense. I like knowing we have a pretty good idea of what's probably going to happen. But there's still that whole. You just don't know. We've seen it before. We've seen a kid put on a hat, and mama stand up, and walk out the building. We've seen a kid put on a hat, take it off, put on another hat, take it off, put on another hat, and then take out a box and pull out a dog wearing a collar. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you something else. Colin might have something planned today because that's how Colin is. He's smart. He's savvy. At the end of the day, though, I do I do like that tinge of, are we sure? Are, are we positive? Because it does add a little bit to the day. Can't wait. Thank you so much for watching. Well, hold this on, video. real quick. I got. I had one final question. All right. I I don't know if you saw it on our, our list of questions. My man, you're about to get married. Okay. Yeah. My first, my here's my question. How prepared in this recruitment? Because you had to go through a recruitment with Meg. You had to take her on the visits. You had to go visit the parents, do the in home, all that kind of stuff. What do you think was the main factor that Meg said yes to Joe Cook? Ah, you can say no it, to precocious. It's the face, baby. You can it's say the baby no to face, this. the thirty-year-old baby face assassin. I'm just so happy for you guys. And I, the next time we're on on Texas football, you'll be a married man and uh, a happy boy. It'll be awesome. Thank you, Justin. Thank you for watching on Texas football. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you check out InsideTexas.com. Of course, for our producer, Matthew Hutchinson, my name's Joe Cook. For Justin Wells, we will see you next time.